Welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending August 28th, 2020. I'm Brian Yadow, and I'm joined today by Russell Investments Senior Portfolio Manager, Megan Roach. Megan, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Good to have you today. Uh, so we've got three topics to cover this morning. Uh, we'll start with covering off the economic data that we've seen come out this week. Uh, then we'll spend time discussing the Fed's announcement out of its uh, annual economic symposium this week. Uh, and then we'll wrap it up with some observations on financial markets. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Great. So let's start with economic data. Uh, we've seen some interesting data points come out here in the U.S. and internationally. Uh, what were some of the key, key data points to highlight? Sure. I would say it was mostly good news on the data front this week. Um, in the U.S., new home sales and durable good orders are showing that U.S. consumers are beating expectations. Uh, for home purchases, that was up 36% in July over last year, as well as strong new car and truck purchases. I think the view is that a lot of this is pent-up demand from when we were at the peak of lockdowns in the spring, but certainly low interest rates have also helped spur those larger purchases. Um, overseas, the business climate index in the Eurozone showed companies turning more optimistic on the economic recovery. In Germany specifically, their IFO index came in better than expected at a reading close to its pre-virus levels. And then in China, industrial profits were reported to have increased um, by nearly 20% year over year versus a reading of about 11% in June. I will stay, say on the less stellar side, uh, we did have some data in the U.S. on consumer confidence which showed a notable drop in July. And we continue to have weekly jobless claims about a million per week. And that sort of plateaued over the last few weeks. Moving on to the Fed, uh, who made a fairly important announcement this week regarding uh, monetary policy going forward. Can you walk us through the details of that announcement and what that might mean for financial markets? Sure. The, the most anticipated event this week was definitely the Federal Reserve's annual economic policy symposium. It was held virtually this year, where Chairman Jerome Powell previewed their monetary policy framework review. This is basically the big strategic review that, frankly, economists and market participants have been talking about for months. Um, the expectation going in was that Powell would lay the groundwork for the Fed to transition to what's called average inflation targeting which is exactly what happened during his speech on Thursday morning. So what this basically means is that instead of raising interest rates as soon as inflation hits 2%, the Fed will allow periods of overshooting the 2% level to make up for past undershoots. This equates to a more dovish policy of lower interest rates for longer over an economic cycle. For this expansion specifically, it reinforces what the markets are already pricing in, which is for the Fed to remain at its zero interest rate policy through roughly 2024. I would say a benefit of this for the real economy is that this change in policy would likely allow labor market gains to run more broadly, employment eventually to be higher, and that should lead to higher wage growth before short-term rates are increased by the Fed in the future. Great. Thanks, Megan. Uh, so to wrap it up, uh, let's let's cover some of the recent financial market activity. We've seen markets generally trend positively, as it's done for most of the quarter. What's your take on market reactions, given the events uh, that we've seen this week? 
Sure, between what the Fed's doing, hopes for more fiscal stimulus, positive headlines this week on COVID vaccine and treatment developments, and potential progress on the China and U.S. phase one trade deal, investors have certainly built on the optimism uh, that's come in the third quarter. While the Fed's average inflation policy was very well telegraphed to the market ahead of time, yields on the 10-year Treasury did jump quite a bit yesterday to about a quarter of a percent, and the curve steepened to its highest level uh, in about two months. That benefited the banking and real estate sectors uh, mostly. The view is that higher inflation and positive vaccine news could lift this 10-year rate modestly to just under uh, 1% over the next 12 months. As you mentioned, in equities, global markets uh, are up about 2.5% this week, led by U.S. stocks. Uh, the S&P 500 has closed at an all-time high for the past six consecutive sessions, and that index is now up um, by about 56% from its March lows. While this may sound extreme, um, our view is that given the positive cyclical signals we're continuing to see play out, we remain in a neutral risk range for equities versus fixed income, and would need to hit notably higher signals indicating a level of euphoria before advocating for a risk off or more defensive positioning in stocks. Great. Thanks, Megan. Well, that's all the time we have for today. But as always, we thank you for your insights. Thank you. And to our listeners and viewers out there, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time on Market Week in Review. <music>